get into the sermon today. First Samuel chapter four and verse five says, and when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted with a great shout so that the earth rang again. It says, and when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, what meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of the Lord came in into the camp. Amen. I believe in lifting our voices to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. Would somebody begin to lift your voice? Would somebody begin to shout unto the King of kings and the Lord of lords today with the voice of triumph, with the voice of victory, O oh God. Hallelujah. 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 God, I magnify you. Hallelujah. I worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Not only does God hear the shout, amen, but the enemy does not like the shout. The enemy hears the shout as well. Understand that before the walls of Jericho fell, before they fell, the people of Israel shouted. Amen. We've come in here in this place with some walls possibly built up in our lives, with some circumstances that have been holding us in bondage, if you will. Understand in 1 Samuel, this verse I just read, they just got done being beaten by the Philistines. So they brought the Ark of the Covenant into the camp. And when they brought the Ark of the Covenant into the camp, all of Israel began to shout. Amen. God heard the shout, but the enemy also heard the shout today. So I wonder if in this place right now, if we could lift our voices. I want God to do what he wants to do in this place today. In the name of Jesus, there's some walls that need to come down. Some chains that need to be loosed today. In the name of Jesus, if you need something from God today, would you begin to shout unto him this morning with the voice of victory. In the name of Jesus, God, I need Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, yes, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They shout at a football game. Amen. They shout at a concert. Amen. I remember coming home from hockey games with no voice left. And it was just for a little puck to go into a net. Amen. But today we shout a shout to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Thank He saved us from a devil's hell. Amen. He delivered us. Amen. He washed away our sins. He filled us with the Holy Ghost. It's okay to get excited in church. It's okay to have joy and peace. Amen. It's okay to dance before the Lord. It's okay to cry and to magnify him and to worship him. Hallelujah. Amen. This looks like the book of Acts Church. Amen. They, they came in there and they're like, what, what is going on in this place? What meaneth this? Amen. But it was the Spirit of God at work. The Philistines asked the same question, what, what meaneth all this? And it was the Ark of the Covenant in the camp. Amen. God is so good today. I believe that he has a plan for this service, that he has a word for each of us today. Thank you for all those who are in church today, all of our guests and visitors. Thank you for being here today. I do not believe that you are here by accident. Amen. You're not just here because you accidentally walked into this church today. And you're not just here because somebody invited you. Amen. But you've been divinely arranged to be here today, and God has something specific for you. Amen. Would you just put your hand right here and say, he has something for me today. And he wants to speak to me today. He wants to change some things in me today. Amen. Anything can happen when Jesus shows up. He, we just sang, oh, he changes things. Amen. He makes a new way. That's why we get excited here. Because this church is just full of a bunch of people who've been delivered, amen, who've been forgiven, who've been sanctified, who've been washed and cleansed, amen. We came here with bondage, but he gave us freedom and liberty in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Starting in verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Pulling down of stomach walls built up. Those are the walls of Jericho built up and casting down imaginations and every high thing, every thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. With this title, I want to preach to you Held captive by a thought. Held captive by a thought. And I stole this title from Brother Chuppy. He preached a message titled Held Captive by a Thought. I remember I was 16 years old at a youth rally in Minot, North Dakota. He preached this message. And uh, I don't really remember much of the message. I just remember the title. So this message may be completely differently. You can be seated today, held captive by 
a thought. There is no doubt that one of the most powerful things that we deal with every day in our lives is our thoughts. What goes on in our minds. It has a huge effect on our total being, upon who we are. Our thoughts affect what we do and what we don't do. Our thoughts affect where we go and where we don't go. And ultimately, they affect our complete spirit and our thoughts affect our walk with God. Um, Our thoughts have the ability to dictate our destiny as a Christian. Our thoughts can steer us in the right or the wrong direction. It's the lens in which we view things. They're highly influenced by our thought process, our perspective and our opinions of certain things and situations are influenced heavily by our thoughts. Our thoughts can cause us either to be negative or to be positive. Is our glass half empty today or is it half full? And according to David, our cup runneth over. But our thoughts can send us into a state of depression or they can cause us to walk a walk of victory. Our thoughts can either propel us forward in faith, or they can bring us to to a complete stop in fear. Our thoughts are powerful. What goes on in our mind matters. We oftentimes think as long as we don't say or speak what's going on in our mind, that we're good. We have evil thoughts and we hold them in so we think we're doing well. And I would say to you today that that is a good first step, that we would be able to tame the tongue. That's a good first step of submission to God, that if you think something evil that you don't say it. But Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart... The mouth speaketh. And I believe that God not only wants you to hold your tongue, but he also wants to change everything that's going on within you. He wants to change your thoughts. He wants to change what's going on inside. Romans 12 and 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When we catch ourselves wanting to speak things that are not conducive to the kingdom, it's an indicator that what's going on inside isn't right with God. So we can try to keep our mouths shut, which again, I believe is a good first step and is part of it. But God ultimately wants to change our thought process completely. He wants to change our hearts completely. He wants us to have the mind of Christ. Philippians 2 and 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also 
in Christ Jesus. And in this particular verse, it was talking about a spirit of submission and, and servanthood that God thought it not robbery, robbery to be equal. Jesus thought not robbery to be equal with God. But he took on the form of a man. And, and this mindset is not puffed up. It's not jealous. It's not envious. It's not egotistical or prideful. It's not about ourselves, it's, but it's about his will. It's less of me and more of him. That's this thought process of God, the mind of Christ. And Paul talked about this. Paul gave us some instructions on this. In Philippians 4.8, he says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, so whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, he said, think on these things. I think as Christians, we should be the optimistic one and not the negative one. We should be the one not to complain about the weather. But we should help people realize that if we had clouds, if we had sunshine all the day and no clouds, we would never appreciate the sun. Like we understand we have all this snow and we endure it, but guess what's coming? Spring. So instead of dwelling on the snow, I look forward to spring. Like we can have a mindset, we can be positive, looking forward in faith. We should not dwell on dishonesty and injustice and impure things. We shouldn't let evil reports and negativity and bad news affect us. It shouldn't be uh, what, we, what gives us a good or a bad day. And the world isn't lacking bad news. It's not lacking divisiveness. It's not lacking evil reports. Most of the media outlets um, are not reporting good news. It's usually bad news. But the church, we've been commissioned to be a herald of the good news. Amen. We've been commissioned to preach the gospel. And we have to understand that we are children of the king. So the world can be fallen, uh, fallen down all around us. It can be crumbling right before us, but we are still children of the King. Amen. We've been saved. We've been forgiven. We've been washed and sanctified and made holy. It doesn't matter if it's 15 below windshield. I'm saved. I'm still a child of the King. Amen. That's the perspective that we have to have. He gave me a new life and a new purpose and a new destiny. And that destiny is not this world. This world is no longer my home. Amen. We're just passing through. Amen. Our treasures are laid up. Amen. Upon the ocean blue, we're just going to a different, this is just temporary. 
So this doesn't determine our perspective because we're going somewhere else. And we have good news to share about Jesus Christ. The storm may be brewing in our physical eyesight, but we know that we only have to endure for a while. The future may look bleak at the moment, but we serve a God who's the one who spoke light into darkness. Follow me today. There may still be a a bill due at the end of the month, but we serve the provider. I'm talking about perspective here. We still may be dealing with a health issue, but we serve the healer. He's still the healer today. We have this bondage in our life, but we know a one who delivers. Amen. We may deal with depression from time to time, but we serve the one who is a lifter up of my head. Amen. We may have messed up, We may have fallen, but we serve the one who delights in mercy. Amen. We may feel lost sometimes, but we serve the one who is with me as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, who comforts me, who leads me, and who guides me. We may have found ourselves in a huge mess, but we know the way maker today. We know him. He's the great I am, the alpha and the omega. Amen. The beginning and the end. His name is Jesus. He wants to be your God. He wants to be your deliverer and your savior. He wants to take a hold of your hand and lead you to a promised land. Amen. We're a children of the king today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We've got to have the right perspective. Because there's doom and gloom everywhere. Amen. But I'm on my way through. Amen. Tomorrow's going to be better. There's joy in the morning. Amen. There's, there's something else that God has for me. It may look gloom and doom all around me. Everything may be crumbling. I don't know what to do, but I'm looking ahead to Jesus today. I have hope in Jesus today. This is the perspective that the church of the living God has to have. Amen? But we can be held captive by a thought. And I want to talk this morning a little bit about fear. And I believe that one of the things that really can cause us to lose perspective is fear. It can alter our thought process. It seems that fear has a way of completely blurring our vision. Have you ever been driving down the road and probably have this winter? You're passing a semi on the left side and it's snowing and all of a sudden you just cannot see anything. And you're like, you don't know what to do at the moment. Should I let up or should I speed up? I can't stay where I'm at right now. And it's just complete blurred. Brother Wendelin knows what I'm talking about. These truckers have been driving on icy roads all winter. And then all of a sudden you're just like white knuckled. And you have a, you have a moment of fear. 
because you cannot see where you're going. Fear has a way of doing that. And I'm talking about spiritual. I'm talking about the devil, the enemy, casting fear into our lives. And it completely blocking and blurring our vision and our destiny in him. It can completely sidetrack us from what we're supposed to be focused on. We all have situations in our lives where we've been gripped, literally gripped with fear. We all have stories about waking up in the middle of the night and hearing something. I remember when Michaela and I lived out in Lincoln. We woke up in the middle of the night. It was like 3 a.m. And we're just hearing, just doo, 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 like something's just banging on our house. And we laid there, stunned, halted, and gripped with fear, with thoughts rolling in our minds. And we're making up this storyline about how somebody escaped from the prison. He still has his orange clothes on and he's coming to kill, steal, and destroy. Right? We make this whole story up and they got a gun and, and they're going to take our kids and we make up this whole thing in our mind of what it could be banging on our house and fear just completely grips us. And that particular night, I was scared. I was like, what is going on? And I got, and Mikhail's like, get up. I'm like, I ain't going by myself. <laughs> That's the truth, too. I'm like, you need to watch my back. If I'm going down, I want you to see it. And we, sur- I mean, and it just, it was just echoing through the whole house. I thought somebody was, somebody was just uh, banging on our house, or I didn't know what was going on, and, and uh, we're prancing around the house and looking for what's going on. And there was a little vent in Shayla's bedroom in her closet that did not have the register cover on it. And a little, like, piece of paper fell down there. And when the furnace kicked on, it just... So it was just rumbling through all the ductwork of the house. For a moment, we were held captive by... A thought, because fear gripped us. Fear is a powerful thing. And we all have stories like that where you just completely just, like you just didn't know what to do. Second Timothy 1 and 7, you guys have heard this verse before, but for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear is not something that God wants us to walk in, to live in. I'm not talking about a fear of God. That's a reverence to God. That's not what I'm talking about today. We read several verses throughout Scripture. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. He said, Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Amen. We don't have to fear because God is with us. Hebrews 13 and 6 is so that ye may boldly say, we can boldly say, 
The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear. Amen. Psalms 27 and 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Understand that a lot of these Psalms of David were written from a perspective where there was fear trying to grip David. He went through some things in life. A lot of times he was on the run for his very own life. So he could have stood with the perspective of fear, but he said, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Who should I be afraid of if God is with me? Psalms 34 and 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. Amen. That's the will of God. When God is on our side, we have nothing to worry about and nothing to fear. So today, how do we apply this to our lives? How do we, what does this mean for us today? So in life, you know, life is is tough. Life has its set of circumstances. Life will will put you through some things. And I, I think all of us here probably have a story that we can tell about life and circumstances that seem to be just keep putting us down. But we can get in the habit of looking at our circumstances and we sort of pick them apart with a perspective of fear. We begin to worry. We begin to be anxious. And fear begins to reign in our hearts. And it really blurs our vision and it blurs the destiny where God wants to take you. And it just, uh, it messes up our thinking. But we have to understand that life happens, okay? And the enemy is going to come up against us. He's going to come up against us. The enemy hates your soul. He does not want anything good for you. He hates your walk with God. He wants to destroy it. The enemy is going to rear his head in your life. He's going to try to tempt you. He's going to try to destroy you. Because when you entered into the kingdom of God, you entered into a spiritual battle. But when this happens, it's not time to fear. David says it really well. As I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, he says, I will fear no evil. As the enemy comes up against me, as circumstances happen, I'm not going to fear because I know that he's with me and he comforts me. And his rod and his staff comfort him. Isaiah said it like this. He says, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. The enemy will come up. He will try to steal, kill, and destroy. 
But how are we going to respond to it is the question. Even Jesus was tempted by Satan. Even The enemy even tried to take out Jesus Christ. And if he thought he had a chance at Jesus, surely he knows that he, he, he has a chance at us. So we look, uh, Jesus was even tempted by Satan. And really this story shows us a way that we can overcome. He combated Satan. He fought back with a response that said, it is written. Amen. It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It is written. And Jesus did all things for our example. So when the enemy rears up his head and circumstances come before us, we've got to learn to fight. And not with fear, but in faith that God is with us. Amen. He's given us the armor of God. We read about that, and it's not just so we can look good. It's not just so we can walk the walk with the armor on. But he gave us the armor of God so that we can fight. Because God knew that the enemy would come against us. Ephesians 6 and 10 says, Finally, my brethren, he said, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Paul said, Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against what? The wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Paul said there's going to be a spiritual battle. But God has given you some tools. He's given you the armor of God so that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. He said, take the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. He said, stand therefore having your loins girt with the truth. I'm thankful for the truth today. I'm thankful for the word of God, amen. Having on the breastplate of righteousness and that our feet would be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And we can take the shield of faith wherewith we would be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. He said, praying always with prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. God has given us what we need to fight the fight. So we don't need to retreat in fear. So we have a choice when something is coming up against us. I know this is just, it's cliche, right? Fear or faith. But it's really so true. We can have the perspective that this thing is going to destroy me, my family, 
and the church. We can have that perspective. Or we can say, greater is he that is in me, amen, than he that is in the world. Is it fear or is it faith? When the enemy rears its head, we've got to understand that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Amen. But we have weapons today that are mighty through God. Amen. That can conquer some things. We don't need to be fearful. We can have faith in him. He will help us. I don't necessarily welcome or ask for a fight. I don't, I, don't, I don't ask for it. I'm not looking for one. But I know what to do when one arises. Understand that when these situations arise, our perspective is so important. Are we looking at them in the perspective of fear and doubt and oh boy, this is going to be a rough one. I'm not sure what's going to happen now. What are we going to do? Or are we thinking, boy, this seems like a really great opportunity for God to be victorious. Are you following me this morning? Are we looking at it as an opportunity for God to do what he does best? Or are we looking for us to doubt and to soak in fear. Understand if someone gets sick, it's an opportunity for someone to be healed. When, there, when tribulations arise, it's an opportunity for what? Patience. The Bible says that tribulation worketh patience. God, help me be patient. All of a sudden, tribulations happen. When the devil tempts, tempts us, it's an opportunity for us to be an overcomer. If he's messing with your family today, it's an opportunity for God to restore. It's an opportunity for God to really do what he does best. Amen. We're, most of us here are here. We, we came to this church for the first time because of less than ideal circumstances. We were searching for something. We were looking for help. We were looking to, for peace and joy because how we were living before, it was, there was a mess in our lives. So God will use these messes to do a miracle in our lives. I'm only here today because my, my parents were this close from divorce. I'm only here today because I remember laying in a bed and hearing my parents fight in the kitchen, stuff throwing around. And I'm like, God, you need to touch my family today. I don't want my parents to get divorced. God, I don't know much about you today, 
but can you help my parents? That's the only reason, because we cried unto God in a time of need. Amen. And he came through, and he restored, and he made whole. We read in Genesis the story of Joseph, and I love the story of Joseph. And we understand that Joseph went through everything that he did for a purpose, and, and God sort of, or he, he ordained it all, and, and uh, Joseph was betrayed, and he was uh, thrown into prison and falsely accused and all these sort of things. At the end of the story, in Genesis 50 and 19, 50 and 19 at the end of like a 20-year a storm, a 20-year deal where Joseph was just put through the ringer, if you will, it says that Joseph said unto them, he said, fear not, fear not, for I am in the place of God. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as is this day to save much people alive. Joseph understood that all that he had went through was for the preservation of life, the preservation of Israel. So when the enemy rises up and he has evil intentions on the horizon, we can either have fear and think it's all over and God has forsaken us, or we can, and we can say we may as well just lay down and, and give up. And we can let ourselves fall into a, a state of depression and anxiety. And we can begin to have a, a bad attitude. And we can, we can find ourselves there because of what it looks like the enemy is trying to do. But church, we cannot combat evil with evil. That's never worked right. Or we can say, the enemy, be, the enemy may be trying to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what it looks like he's trying to do. But I know a God. Amen. But I know a God who brings life. Amen. I know a God who protects, who provides <laughs> Amen. I know a God who brings joy and peace. Amen. If the enemy meant it for evil, then God can and he will turn it for good in your life. That's what he wants to do. But like Joseph, it says that we, he said that he found himself in the place of God. We have to find ourselves in the place of God. And that place is a place of faith and trust in Him despite the current circumstances. When we are in the place of God, this is how we think. We see darkness now but we know there is light coming. The seed is buried and dead now, 
but we know it's going to spring up and bring forth much fruit. The clouds are low and dark now, but we know the sun will soon shine. There may be a fight and a wrestling match now, but we know a God who is a God of victory. There may be sickness now, but there will be healing. There may be trialing times and temptations now, but he's proven me to be an overcomer. There may be a stone over the tomb now, but there will be a resurrection of the dead. Amen. I'm preaching to you today that there is life, there is deliverance, and there is freedom in Jesus today. And it really depends on your perspective. Fear or faith. We cannot be held captive by our thoughts and of our circumstances. Romans 8 and 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear. Paul's talking about the Holy Ghost. He's talking about the spirit of God. He says, you you didn't receive a spirit of bondage and a spirit of fear, a spirit of slavery. He said, you received the spirit of adoption, where that we can cry unto him and call him Abba, Father. We can call him Daddy, if you will. You receive the Spirit of God in your lives. And today, the Spirit of God can change some things for you. He wants to lead you through this, to give you an expected end. 2 Timothy 1 and 6, Paul is sort of getting after uh, Timothy with this letter to him, and he says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. He said, Timothy, there's something in you that needs to be stirred up a little bit. And you need to kind of get going with it. You need to act upon what God has put in your heart and the giftings that he's given you. He said, I'm here to stir up the gift of God in you a little bit. And he says, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Amen. Church, I pray today that this message would just stir things up a little bit in your spirit. That the enemy does raise up against us. He does come against us. And life circumstances are difficult. And I'm not downplaying anybody's circumstances here today. But I'm here to tell you that there's a God that wants to bring you through. Amen. It looks like there's a big, huge rock over the tomb today. And you're like, there's no way that that rock could be rolled away. There's no way. It doesn't seem like there's no way in my situation. But I'm here to tell you that greater is he, amen, that's in me today than he that is in the world. He's a a way maker. He encouraged Joshua and the children of Israel to be strong and be courageous. Paul told us that we are more than conquerors in him today. I'm here to tell you that there is light at the end of the tunnel, and it's Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand in this place.
Today, we need to find ourselves in the place of God. And despite the circumstance, despite what's going on, despite what you think is going to disrupt and what you think could destroy you and your family or the church, I'm just telling you today, if, the, if you feel the enemy's reared up in a situation, it's an, we can't look at it in fear. It's an opportunity for God. <laughs> and again, I don't welcome a fight with the devil. But if he shows up, it's sort of a compliment that he doesn't really like what's going on. Right? If he, if he, if he was okay what was going on in the church, he would leave us alone. But when the enemy rears up his head, it's an opportunity for God to show himself victorious in our lives. Amen. So today, if you need, and I pray that you would come to the altar today and that you would let God change your perspective on this. But if you're here today and you need something from God, amen, he is a God of victory. And he is a God that wants to give us an expected end. Amen. Amen. That was good preaching. Amen. I don't care what you all think. That was just the word of God. It wasn't good because of me. That was just the spirit of God talking. He's trying to change our perspective a little bit. We don't need to walk around here with our, our heads hung and in fear. God is bigger He's bigger than your situation. And again, I'm not downplaying your situation, but he's bigger than it. And if he brought you to it, amen, he's going to bring you through it. And that's the very nature of our God. Amen. He wants to give you the promises that he's, he's spoken in your life. He wants us to walk in faith today. I wonder if all across this place, we can just pray together, and these altars are open. If we could just ask God today into our lives that he would change our perspective. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you today. Hallelujah, God, that you didn't give us a spirit of bondage, oh God, but you gave us a spirit, God, of love and of a sound mind. Amen, you gave us a spirit of freedom today. God, I pray, Lord, that we would walk in faith. God, I pray for over every man, woman, and child in this place. In the name of Jesus, you are a God of victory. You are a God who redeems and restores today. God, we lean on you today. Jesus, I love you. I magnify you, God. I thank you, Lord, for the walls that are going to fall in this place today. God, I thank you, Lord, for the victory that's here right now. God, I pray that we would seek you. God, that we would knock. God, I thank you today in the name of Jesus for the chains that are already beginning to fall in our minds and in our hearts. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, it's time for a child of God to stand up and put on the whole armor of God. Amen. Put on the breastplate of righteousness that our feet would be shod with the preparation of the gospel. Hallelujah. That we hold this, the shield of faith in the name of Jesus, the sword of the Spirit. God, that we would stand up and say, not today. In the name of Jesus, that we would stand up in faith. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, the world may come against us, but we have God on our side. We shall not fear. He's our helper and our salvation today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you need something today, he's here right now.